sci-fi malady. Rage, I'm really afraid to ask this question, but what are we reviewing today? And have you recovered from last week? Well, uh, Shatner, I can definitely answer the first question. Reviewing the Stuart Gordon 1985 film, Reanimator. <laughs> In fact, my choice of film was kind of affected by the answer to the second question. Um, okay, which is? Holy crap! What happened to you? Why are you carrying your head? Um, alright there, Kirk. I uh, see I was... <sighs> it's kind of embarrassing, but... I was kind of dying from not being near the resonator from last week. Some idiot blew it off. Anyway, so because the resonator wasn't on, I was trapped between worlds and dying. So I signed up to be part of some scientific research to reanimate dead cells. It worked, but not really the way I thought. Um, was the uh, head not being attached to the body a side effect? Oh, that was, uh, that was new according to the doctor. Did you know what you were getting into? No, Captain. I didn't read the fine print. I just clicked agree. Jeez, are you my wife now? No, I just didn't think you want to be a... Zombie. That's what you're going for. Exactly. Look, are we going to point out my mistakes or review the film? Let's just review the film. Let's just review the film. Great idea. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 262, Reanimator, Disturbingly Bloody. Welcome back, sickies, to week two of Horror Month, my favoritest month out of the entire year. And the title says it all. This one is Disturbingly Bloody. Um, and there's a scene in there that uh, we'll get to, but I prefaced it with the guys by saying when you get to one hour and ten minutes you might want to skip ahead i recommend Just that for the audience a minute yeah yeah uh unless you are okay with watching this sort of thing but um i distinctly remember it from my first time seeing the film and when i got to that point i'm like okay time to skip ahead if you did we'll like progeny uh you know you probably won't want to skip oh yeah um Although somehow Progeny was worse than this. Um, this was still not good because I didn't oh, see no. that message of yours. And so I did not oh, get the heads up. Well, nonetheless, we're continuing on with HP Lovecraft films or films based off of HP Lovecraft uh, stories. <laughs> and we're doing a classic horror film, whether you love it or hate it. It's a cult classic, 1985 Stuart Gordon's reanimator and this actually came out before from beyond uh and you can tell because some of the actors are the same um from the female lead with uh oh boy i all of a sudden forgot her name but because i'm really bad at this barbara crampton is in it 
And uh, who was the guy, the Star Trek guy? Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs Wayun was in this. slash Brunt slash Shran slash probably many other things. Something in the one The Rock was in. Yeah, he's in this again. So, and obviously, well, he was in these first ones first, and then he got into From Beyond. And by the way, there's about two or three sequels to this film. There's Bride of Reanimator and then Beyond Reanimator, where Herbert West comes back. Yeah, somehow. Herbert West comes back, and, and Carl Hunt's back, too. Yeah, somehow. And I just, somehow. Oh, uh, yeah, somehow. So, let's do the usual plot rundown. And then I'm going to compare it to this story, short story, which is starkly different. You don't say. Look, I'm just going to say <laughs> you this. you believe it? If I had to judge no. H.P. Lovecraft based off of the adaptations of his short stories into films, I would juvenilely call him H.P. Lovecraft because these are bad. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, sh- the film itself starts off in Zurich where Herbert West tries to bring a Dr. Hans Gruber back to life using Hans! a reanimation serum. And Hans. it doesn't work. Yeah, Hans. yippee ki <laughs> Well, it does kind of work. I mean, in a bad way. It blows, his, blows him up, more or less. But, and then he winds up back at... And then we go back to Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts, just like all good H.P. Lovecraft stories. Massachusetts. Arkham. Massachusetts. Well, he wrote where he knew, and that's where H.P. Lovecraft uh, yeah. grew up. Every Stephen stuff. King story is set somewhere in New England, in New Hampshire. Yeah. Vermont, Maine, usually. Maine, yeah. Maine usually. Yep. Anyway, so we see Dan Kane, a young um, resident who is trying to resuscitate someone, and he's also dating or engaged to Megan Halsey, the daughter of the dean of the medical school he's attending. And what he's, he needs a, a partner, he needs a roommate to pay for his house. And Herbert West happens to show up and he's a new student. And his intention is to work on the, continue work on the reanimation serum. And West kind of barges in and voices way in. And Dan, who needs the money, just says, fine, you could stay. And after finding their dead cat, Rufus, after finding their cat, Rufus, dead in the fridge in the basement where Herbert West is working. They called the cops. Oh, wait, they didn't. No, they didn't. (laughs) Instead, he showed them how the reanimation serum works, which drove the cat mad and they had to kill it. But then they resuscitated it just enough so Dan Kane would say, oh, my gosh, we need to do this. Dan Kane and Herbert West go to the dean who basically says you're all nuts get get out of the medical school now so they decide to go down to the morgue and reanimate a corpse just to show him up it doesn't go well the corpse itself wakes up and is screaming and dean halsey goes down to the morgue because he hears that the guys are down there the zombie they resurrected kills the dean excited at the prospect of a fresh corpse they inject it and the dean wakes up and goes nuts himself then the head doctor, the head, um, I, guess, I guess he would say the, what, what would we call it? Dr. Carl Hill, the, the, a professor and researcher, we'll just call him, 
Sure. He puts Dean Halsey in a padded room and lobotomizes him with a laser scalpel he just invented, which is pretty impressive, by the way. And then comes to find out that it happened by the serum. He tries to coerce Herbert West to giving him the serum. Herbert cuts his head off with a mining shovel. And after that, Dr. <clears throat> Excuse me, Dr. Hill, his head is able to function apart from its body and being, let's just say, unhealthily attracted to Halsey's daughter, Megan, he kidnaps her and tries to molest her until Dan and Herbert West show up and it turns out that Dr. Carl can now control other corpses into zombies, but they OD the doctor's corpse and his entrails choke out Herbert West. Dan and Megan flee. She nearly gets killed by an attack, so he Dan uses the serum to resurrect her. The end. Yeah. yeah. I think I covered all the points there. <clears throat> A little weird. Now, now, I will say, I won't go into the detail because the short story, Herbert West Reanimator from 1922 is far different, but Suffice it to say, it's about a narrator and Herbert West who are trying to create a reanimation serum. And each part of the short story, which was created just because it was five bucks a story, uh, is them trying to resurrect someone. And each time, it doesn't go well. You don't say. Exactly. They even get to a point where they work for a hospital just so they could get into a morgue. They buy a home next to a cemetery so they can be corpse uh, grave robbers. Um, they they go into World War One just so they can get fresh corpses. Um, in fact, one soldier, a British soldier, they capture or they um, resuscitate. The soldier's head gets detached from his body. And the soldier winds up coming to Massachusetts to get revenge, wearing a wax head and committing murders and controlling other zombies. And at the end of the story, Herbert is killed by everybody he has tried to resurrect. And so I would say the original short story resembles much more Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde than it does anything else which makes sense but it is a far cry from what this film wound up being a few fun facts before we get into our our good parts uh, to our rips and picks um special effects department surprise surprise went through 24 gallons of fake blood Unlike most films, it. I would expect it to have been more. Well, they still commented compared to what the average, which was two to five on most horror films at the time. So, yeah, they overdid it. Um, Stuart Gordon, the director, they wanted to make something really faithful to Lovecraft's story, but then decided, well, we want to do something like Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll because there's too many Dracula movies out. Okay. Um, oh yeah, the serum, by the way, you might be thinking, man, that glows a lot like a glow stick. That's because it is glow stick juice. They just poured it into a vial. Okay. Um, yeah. 
very interesting fun fact. The woman Dan is seen attempt at the beginning, Dan Kane is resuscitating that woman, trying to get her back to life. Turns out she was a um, dildo enthusiast and was hiding dildos with the fake corpses throughout the set. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm back gonna, up, back up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. I'm going to repeat that, and I'm going to let Scott have a moment of infantile behavior. The woman that Dan Kane was trying to resuscitate at the beginning of the film, the actress, was a dildo enthusiast who left her collection with fake corpses throughout the set. Scott, I'm, I'm going to let you have a joke there because, yeah. I, no, I'm not touching that one. Not with, okay. with a <laughs> ten and a half foot pole. Not with somebody else's collection of... Nope, not, not going anywhere. Yep. Okay, okay. Nope. David Bowie, it turns out, happened to be a friend of the cinematographer. And when he found out the cinematographer was doing a horror film, and he asked, well, which film did you do? And he said, I did Reanimator. David Bowie said, that's one of my favorite horror movies. So, interesting there. Um... I think the last one I want to bring up, there's a lot of other things here, but the last one I want to bring up has to do with the disturbing uh, scene. The scene where the Dr. Carl Hill tries to molest Megan's character. And it's not just molest her. That's bad enough. But he tries to do it with his detached head. Yeah. And she is crying and saying, please stop while he's calling her my love. Um, Stuart Gordon in an interview said he thought a great idea would be to have, you know, normally sex produces children and life. So he thought, why not do something involving death with something that produces life and juxtapose that? Now, on one hand, you want to think like, okay, I get your intent, but um, no, that's not good enough to justify the scene you made. Not by a long shot. Yeah, it it's gratuitous. It adds nothing to the film. The whole creepy obsession with Dean Halsey's daughter adds nothing to the film, and it it, it honestly it makes it a far worse movie for it being in there. All of it, the whole storyline. It it does. I mean, unless you're really into that kind of sick stuff, it really does um, damage the film point wise. This isn't this isn't wokeism here. There's no there's no point to the assault. There's no, no point. Doctor uh, Hill's motivation doesn't become clearer because of his obsession with the dean's daughter um it does nothing for um the dean's daughter's character it i mean it it's not part of it doesn't fit in the story it's just uselessly grafted on to put in one of these 80s nudity sex abuse scenes that tended to find its way into a lot of movies in the 80s because it was oh know, yeah what are they saying it sex. was obligatory Gore and sex. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't wokeism. This isn't, you know, this is just, there's artistically, 
zero point for adding this and quite honestly you 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 made the film worse by adding it on i agree i agree uh and i guess that would be unless thomas you want to add something to it um nope that would be our first rip but before we get to any more rips or picks uh and now a word from our sponsor she rises, hey oh, and up she rises, hey oh, and up she rises early in the morning. Okay, Rage, what are you singing? Dear, the name be Tin Pete. Dear. Okay, Pete, what are you singing? I be singing a ye fair poirachanti. Oh, man, get with the times. Seriously, man, there are way better pirate shanties out there now. There be? Where can I be finding these? Ruck, bring Rage. Tin Pete. Sorry, bring Tin Pete up to speed on what pirates these days are singing. I got you, Scott. Hey, yo. Call me Captain Jack. I'm a cool cat. Yeah, Calico, Edward Lowe, and it's pure black. Mary read up on me. Give me one sec. Yeah, I'ma take your whole fleet like yeesh. Do this, Henry, every time. Get a little Captain Morgan, then I go commit a crime. Like, why? the cannons to the board side, add to my collection, they go hide it like a post side. Princess Drake, I'm a dog in the sheets. See? Much more like it. Yar, I be seeing. I'll be singing this song next. Yar, shiver me timbers. It's not for winners and swimmers like woo. Okay, okay. Maybe we should let Rock do the singing. Really? Yar. Go check out Yoho, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, anywhere you listen to music. Go take a listen to it. Rockstar Yoho. Yeah, shiver me timbers. I'll be sailing on the seas while you're hanging the sinners. It's okay. Yeah, it's not for beginners. And we are back. Thank you to our uh, non-existent sponsor, but to our good old editor, Ruck. Great job with the song, and we're looking at we're looking forward for what else you got. But let's get back into it. So we've already nailed down one major rip. I think I would argue was probably the biggest rip of this film because you know I I don't understand the, the fascination, and and this is this film is no way in no way unique to that era where you, you know I, you have I spit on your grave and other films like that where where sex assault or sexual assault was just acceptable. I mean, it didn't even have to be a horror movie. Remember the movie Redemption uh, with Burt Reynolds? You know, come on, squeal like a pig. Just come on. So um, I don't know what the fascination was. And I say good riddance that we got rid of that. Because ugh. if you're going to have that scene, that type of scene in a movie, it it better have a very very undeniably necessary part to the plot oh yeah i agree yes. there was that uh, it, said is, uh, oh go on i'm sorry if there was a reason for it if it advanced plot if it did something for the story i still probably would not enjoy not probably i would not enjoy it but it would actually possibly serve a purpose. 
Well, yeah, I'm thinking Netflix had a series, 13 Reasons, which was about a girl who killed herself, but she had been raped, and that was one of the reasons she did it. And they actually show the rape scene. Now they don't give you, you know, full up. They, they, they home in on her face while it's happening and the dead, shocked look in her eyes. And the intent was deliberate there to show that this is what it's like. And if you're horrified, you should be. If you're sickened, you should be. That's the point. Um, this was done more as a, as you said, it's got a gratuitous, you know, juxtaposition that doesn't enhance the story in any way. And quite frankly, isn't necessary if you're looking at the original short story. So It's not necessary, um, period. It's not necessary for the adaptation they did even no. for this. Throw the short story no. out. The, the ridiculous version of the story they wanted to tell. Um, doesn't need it no and so i'm trying not Um, to let that one scene impact my entire rating of this movie uh but it's it's gonna be rough yeah well and that there are some picks um i'll tell you right now and this is just my personal one i liked the theme song that you hear at the credit sequence Yes. It's catchy and got stuck in my head. I like that full opening credit sequence when the 80s did more weird credit sequences like that. Yeah. Well, it was very influenced by Psycho, for sure. But, I mean, yeah, that was a good part. Um, I also like... um, Go go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I also kind of like the way that uh, John Combs... Was it John Combs? Jeffrey. Jeffrey Combs acted out Herbert West. I really liked his angry demeanor, the way he was breaking a pencil in class. You know, when the the instructor said the brain the uh, the brainstem is alive for six to twelve minutes, and he was breaking pencils, saying your work is outdated. He came off as um kind of a Sheldon Cooper, but not annoying. Because he wasn't trying to be comedic. He was a man who was truly dedicated to his cause and didn't want anything to get in the way. Yeah, we were going the same place there. I really liked Jeffrey Combs' acting this week. Uh, I I liked the last week. I always like his acting, honestly. But he showed off his range. Um, This is a different character than last week's character. This is a cold, I I I almost want to say a cold sociopath who is just mm-hmm. totally, right. completely obsessed and lost in his work. And at the end, the last thing he does is throw his notes and his work away so it survives. He doesn't care about yeah. the people surviving, himself surviving. He cares about his work. He killed a man to save his work so that he couldn't steal his work. Um, he made up that lie on the spot about Dean Halsey so that he could continue on with his research. Um, he had no problem killing their cat and storing it in the fridge. Because it advanced his research. Um, and it shows, it just shows his range. He's playing an emotionless, cold, calculating scientist who is willing to kill. The week before, you saw something different. And it just goes, if you watch his recurring guest roles in Star Trek, there are three very different characters. There's Wayoon, who has emotion, but is um, devoted to the founders and devoted to his cause and his, his lot in life, his role in life. Um, and, and while he has emotions, is devoid of the highs and lows and the enjoyment of it all. Um, cold and calculating, yes, but not sociopathic. Uh, then he plays Liquidator Brunt, who's a goofy Ferengi comic relief. 
in in every sense of what you would think that character would mean. And then he plays Commander Shran in the Enterprise, which is an angry, hot-headed person. You see glimpses of Shran in this. But um, I can yes. see that when he breaks the pencils. But it's a different character, and it shows off the different, the wide range that, that he can play. And probably an, an actor who just doesn't get enough credit for being um, devoted to his craft. You know what's funny? You talk about him being a sociopath. That was one of my picks, too. When they found the cat in the fridge, and they're like, why didn't you tell us about that? I was out. But you didn't say anything? What was I supposed to do? Leave a note that says, cat dead, details to follow? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, that was good. I chuckled at that line. I was like, wow, whoever <laughs> wrote that, A+. plus." That shows off the sociopath in a very funny way that, again, is Sheldon Cooper, but not annoying because it's yeah. not stupid, funny. It's legitimate the movie, sociopath. The movie should have ended here. Your cat is dead in his refrigerator in the basement. That's it. Yeah. First cat off, dead. details to follow. Refrigerating the cat doesn't do any good either. You should probably freeze it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It w- as soon as that happens, it's one of those things you go, I'm sorry, but you are out. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. Killing I, animals I, is know- a first step towards killing people. I'm calling the cops. <clears throat> You know, another rip, and this is just because um, I know how hospitals work through, through my wife. Oh, you just don't walk nurse. into a morgue? Not only that, okay, so you, that, you, I'll let you feel that one, Thomas, but the other one was a doctor taking the body down to the morgue. Um, this is the most beneficent doctor in the world. A doctor would have the janitor scrubbing the bathroom floor do it before he would deign to do that kind of work. Usually, either the nurses take him down, the corpse down, they have someone from the morgue come up and do it, or they'll even, in a pinch, get someone from maintenance to do it. Oh, which one are we talking about? The actual doctor taking it down or one of his, the residents? The, the residents wouldn't do it either. Yeah, I got to agree there. The yeah. residents wouldn't do it. My ner- I asked my wife, I asked the nurses I, I, I teach, they all said the same thing. No, we do it. Someone from the morgue comes up or they'll even get someone from maintenance if they're in a pinch. If they're in a pinch. Okay. Well, I'm also pretty sure you just don't walk into the morgue like that, but... Nope. Nope. And if the guard gets up with a porno mag and says, I'll be right back, time for a break... Uh, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, today, I mean, even in the 80s, you probably couldn't got away with that, but you definitely can't today. Well, I mean, also, morgues are actually semi-secure for right. very good reasons. Doesn't take away his great joke. N- nobody wants in there, and sure as heck isn't anybody getting back out of it. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a good joke. I... I- kind of chuckled at that one but again the believability of a lot of this is oh boy yeah Yeah. here's here's my biggest rip besides the one that we led with and it, it follows on that it doesn't work this way and that follows through so many things 
You're not going to that easily decapitate someone with a flat shovel. I'm sorry, no. you're just not. No. It's, it takes three strokes with a sharp sword back in the day to, you know, uh, allegedly, to, you know, finish off a beheading. Uh, it, it's not happening with a shovel. <sighs> it's just well, not that, that easily. You have a spinal cord that yeah. you have to get through. Exactly. Um, but that's not even it. The, the, in, in the most basic fundamental application of the reanimator fluid, let's just say we could get the brain to come back to life. Fantastic. The brain is going to die again very, very shortly unless you have cured the deficiency in the body that led the brain to lose blood supply and oxygen and die in the first place. Oh, wait. You, you're telling me a decapitated head? Just sitting in blood is not going to magically circulate the blood and circulate oxygen. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. There's no, there's no pumping mechanism. You can't just douse the vein in blood and it just soaks it up like plant roots. (laughs) Scott, you're obviously forgetting the wisdom of Al Bundy. Brain doesn't need much blood. Just got to keep it wet. (laughs) (laughs) Phenomenal. Uh, if you remember, if you remember back when he was trying to gamble, because because um, oh, what was he was selling was blood, right? <laughs> yeah, but what was his daughter's name? Kelly. God, I Kelly. Kelly was like she was uh, doing great in pool, so he sold like twenty pints of blood, and they're like, Al, the human body doesn't have that much. Don't worry about it. I took some from the brain, but you need that. No, brain doesn't need blood. Just got to keep it wet. So he kept drinking beer all night. And then as Kelly's about to, to make the shot. Make the last wing. shot, he passes out in front of the pocket. <laughs> yep. yep. Brain oh, does, I just remember the brain doesn't need blood. Just got to keep it wet. That's a good money yeah. impersonation. But it just, it can't work this way. If you spent all this time coming up, a, a reanimator fluid for the brain could be a phenomenal thing if you froze the person immediately at the time of death. And then you could figure out how to slowly, under controlled situations, repair the damage that caused death in the first place. Um, and then reanimate the brain. Or, if you could transplant the brain into a healthy body and apply the reanimator fluid. A healthy body that, you know, a clone body that's just missing a brain. And well, all of this about the other could work, but like, you're there's just missing... There's also the fact that, don't forget this he's figured out that apparently a lobotomy allows him to control people mentally. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I was wondering too, like, how are you controlling all these zombies mentally? That doesn't make sense at all. Also, what test is he running at the beginning when he uses the laser drill to drill a hole in the guy's head and then just swabs a Q-tip in there? You know, um, I think that, you know what that was? That was just a Chekhov's gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the Q-tip swab, this is the test we could think of. He doesn't then, like, insert a camera or... He, he just swabs he a Q-tip to, in there and swabs it around a little bit. Yep. He's got, Wait, to, he's got to show that he's got the laser scalpel, but then after he uses it, if he doesn't, if he just walks away and goes, well, I bored a hole in his head. I'm going to run this on a well, testing strip and see what? how acidic the brain fluid is. Yeah. <laughs> Now what? Although I would imagine if you really are just testing the drill, why would you bother doing that? Just stop the drill and be like, just stop the laser scalpel and go, well, that works. Did you guys notice the beaker of orange juice sitting on Herbert West's lab table when, when Dr. Hill shows up? 
No. It's the only uh, thing yes. left. It's a beaker full of orange juice, basically. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. It's like, what? Which, I gotta wonder, too, like, well, okay, well, Herbert West obviously didn't cave, but the way he was just, I'm going to take your serum and get credit for it. Okay. You're really just gonna lay out your whole plan in front of the guy that is unpredictable, and then just turn your back to him? Well, also be okay. like, oh yeah i will he's totally okay with this enjoying show me how it works now i'm not suspicious in the least right yeah yeah. who'll give me all his notes at least a Uh bond villain makes sure that they believe mr bond is tied up and restrained before they tell him the evil plan in its entirety right (laughs) i know yeah oh boy um Uh i guess a pick a partial pick for me is the makeup effects are really good um they did go and look at pictures from morgues and they did look at an anatomical books to see how uh, discoloration occurs when you have different blood uh just kind of sitting in a body so i personally enjoy um monster makeup and uh i think they did a really great job with that honestly yeah they did oh here's another rip Mm -hmm. you killed dr hill herbert this has to stop he wanted to make you disappear too. Oh well, then good job. Okay. <laughs> okay oh, that's yeah. different. Uh, okay, then yeah, totally fine. Murder? So. I mean, murder to protect to protect your work? No, murder to protect me from getting kicked out of the school? Okay, it's justifiable. Yeah. Uh, I think he could have just gone with and then been like, "Oh, by the way, your cat was also trying to kill you." That's where I took him out. Oh, how about this one? Dr. Hill has a weird file with her hair and her nails and, and clothing yeah. artifacts and stuff. I've got to tell her. No, no, I've got to call the cops immediately. <laughs> yeah. Again, these are yeah. stupid people. Well, you missed your chance to call the cops when your roommate had your cat dead in his refrigerator. And you just missed it again when you found out that the head surgeon at the place is keeping a creep file on your girlfriend or fiancé. You know, this is part and parcel of horror movies. I mean, they call this a horror comedy, but this is part and parcel of horror movies. People have to be dumb for things to work. Um, Why does Dr. Hill have a folder full of your hair? Are you giving him your hair to keep in a folder? (laughs) Even today. Well, well, even today. Don't forget, you also have the whole aspect of the girlfriend. Uh, You could could study heel. No, we're going to go study at my place. Yes, study. Yeah. Obvious. I, Real obvious there, buddy. I guess, you know, the stupidity of the characters in a horror film is, is kind of universal and been that way since the 70s. Even today, it's still prevalent. Um, you know, shoot, just watching uh, Annabelle. Shoot the guy. Run the other direction. Run to the core. I don't yep. know. Don't run towards the... Yeah. I mean, I was just watching Annabelle, and a priest had the Annabelle doll and said, I'm going to take her into a church so the demon can't try to kill you anymore. So what does the priest do? Make sure he takes a lot of stops and pauses to look over his shoulder, slowly walks, and then when he sees the demon woman getting out of his car, he decides to stop and turn around right at the threshold of the door because stopping, taking pause... Yeah, that works. Instead of hurrying up and opening, the door was open to the church, but he decided 
No, I only have to take one step in, but I think I'll stop and turn around and take a long pause and check behind me. So, stupidity is, you know, part of it. Yeah, I mean, come on, there's that commercial... uh are you crazy let's hide behind the chain running chainsaws get smart smart thinking and then after the guy catches them quick into the cemetery <laughs> yep there's a movie we're gonna have to review maybe next year called uh, cabin in the woods and it explains ah, why a lot yes. of people are stupid it does a great job of explaining that. Uh, we'll have to maybe do that next year. It was, it was a great movie, honestly. Um, anyway, any other little uh, rips or picks that we think are worth mentioning? Um, I, I think we got the, uh, got the blood. We got the costume design. We got the jokes. I got one more mm-hmm. rip. I got one more rip. Sure. Sure. What is wrong with the police department in this town where there is a mutilated corpse? There is, um, well, there's been clearly an assault on two people, apparently, a destroyed morgue, and a raving psychopathic dean of the medical school. And the police just say, hey, we're turning them over to you, doctor. Feel free to throw them into that padded room and do whatever yeah. experiments you want to. We don't, make need, we don't need to make an arrest here. We don't need to take him into custody. We don't need to process him. It's all yours, man. It's all yours. Stupid. All That's of those it. things Stupid. are crimes. All of them. Yeah. Well, what about the fact that at the very beginning, you have a lot of questions with the police. They break into the lab and they just kind of go, uh... What's going on? You murdered him. No, I gave him life. Ah, okay. That I mean, he said he gave him life. Oh, you put oh, it oh okay, way. okay, yeah. Like the dosage wow. was too high. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, let's send you to medical school in America. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, shouldn't he be in jail? I also think that if you show up at college. And you accuse your professor, and not just any professor, like the head of a department of plagiarism directly, yeah, in front of the dean. You're probably that out. Should, you're probably out. Probably yeah. out. Uh, your life is going to be very hard if you're yeah. not out for academic yeah. misconduct right away, unless you have proof. But one of the only things I agree with is when Dean Halsey says you're going to send me an apology and you're losing your scholarship and Herbert West can can uh, continue his research at another school. Uh, yeah, because he says uh, the school could be responsible for this flawed research. And oh, would it ever be? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, unauthorized. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's about the last sense the movie makes, but. At least in well, one point, someone is thinking clearly. Also, though, I is, do have a f- weird feeling that if this research was actually going on, there's a very good chance that after this got out, there wouldn't be a lawsuit because DORPA would be taking these research under. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Super soldiers that... It. Super oh, yeah. Zombies who have no m- morale, whose morale is just... Go and attack. Oh, you think you you think you did win the battle as we planned. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> now let's see how your, your all the soldiers you killed come back. Ah, ah, ah. Now let's refight the battle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if the dean, I was just thinking, if the dean was this was the smart one there, no wonder why they had to lobotomize him. He might have ruined the whole plot. <laughs> uh, so before we get to my little question, um, there is one fun fact I forgot to say. The hospital, Arkham Hospital, might look familiar to you because it also serves as Cyberdyne Systems in T2. That's why it does. I knew the exterior of that building looked familiar. The exterior was Cyberdyne Systems in T2. Okay, that makes sense. I was was literally wondering at one point, going, "What, what did they shoot here? Because this looks familiar. Yeah, I thought the same thing, and then when I was doing my little lookups for this, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It does. So, before we go and rate this thing finally, we have good luck with trying to find deep meanings or asking questions. The question for today is, if such a reanimation serum worked, and let's just assume it didn't turn you into a mindless, drooling, violent zombie, would you want it done to you? Okay, personally. Assuming it worked as intended. As intended, reanimating the brain and there I think it would be a question of at what point did this happen? If say I had a heart attack tomorrow. I'm still young. My body's still good. For some odd reason, that happened, but I could be brought back. Mm, possibly. If I'm 90 and I'm senile and I don't know anything, don't, no, no. Just let me die at that point, no. I, I, I think it would have to require what point in life, and even then, I say possibly because I don't think personally i'd want this at any point because once death is taken away life loses a lot of its purpose because who cares i can just keep living and i don't have a certain amount of time i have to get things done in meh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay interesting interesting thing you said there that life would lose its purpose without death um I don't know if it would lose its purpose, but I think that one of the things you learn as you get older is to, is to savor the moment. Um, and in certain moments, certain good things, you try to live in a moment. Other things you have to get, you have to realize that you don't want to get caught up in that moment and you need to think more for the long term or for, you know, how things will play out in the end. But that's part of gaining wisdom, is learning when to live in the moment and to try to hold that moment for as long as you can and freeze it in your mind. And when to say, this moment will pass and I need to focus on how things will balance out and level out over the course of time. Um, I think you would lose some of that um, if you had an eternity. I think you would lose... I, I, I think sometimes accomplishments might mean less because 
you know what, hey, I wasn't a pro athlete in this lifetime, but next lifetime I can, you know, take the, the, the steroids and the training and, you know, rejuvenate myself and do some genetic enhancements and this time I am. Uh, you know, maybe, well, I didn't say you were immortal or anything. You still degenerate afterwards. It just means. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, Thomas said if death goes away, you know, and basically, uh, okay, okay. You know, if you don't have, if you have the ability to be reanimated, and death is only temporary, uh, I can see some of that. I'm not sure it takes the purpose away of life. I'm not sure that you need death to have a purpose in life. But um, it's an interesting question. Um, would I want to be reanimated? So, man, there's a clash here between the the faith-based side of me answering this question, which says, um, especially being, you know, raised in the Baptist faith, which has a lot of fatalism to it, and, you know, when it's God's time, he has decided it's your time, it's your time. Who am I to, to overturn that and play God? Setting that aside, I'm pretty certain that the answer to this is, yes, I'd like to be reanimated. Um, I've got family that needs me. I've got a daughter that I think will need me around for a while, a wife that needs me to be around. Um, if for no one else but for them, if I could come back as who I was. Memories intact, healthy, live, be there for them every day. Build those memories, build extra years of those memories, and, and, and have a chance to continue to, to enjoy life um, and, and the memories that can be made in the future, then absolutely I want to be, I want to be reanimated. Uh, but as Thomas said, it depends on the cause. Um, how am I being reanimated? Am I just prolonging? Am I being reanimated to die again in three weeks and just to put them through all that pain again? What's the, you know, what is my real prognosis on the reanimation? So, I mean, that would, that would figure into it, you know, uh, at the moment, you know, can we fix these things? Can you fix what's wrong with me? Uh, uh, did I, you know, it, it really depends. What is my prognosis? Was it a one-off thing that I can be reanimated from and it can be fixed? Or was it uh, was it something that's just going to reoccur again tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did I die of you know? Did I die of an organ failure, and I still don't have the transplant coming? Maybe you can wait to reanimate me until I have the transplant. But I mean, you know what? That, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, I would agree. There's a lot to consider there. But I think in most I- cases, the answer would be yes. Okay. I would say yes, depending. I mean, if I'm old enough, no. Or in the case of something terminal or organ failure, like you said, no. Um, but if it were just like a car crash um, and it happened tomorrow, I'd say, well, yes. Um, I don't want to leave my wife that soon if I can avoid it. But on the other hand, where Thomas says, uh, especially if you're old enough or something like that, it's like, well, I don't. When it's your time, it's your time. So, um, so that was just an interesting spot. And I think that takes us nice to, to the final landing, which is, uh, let's see, how many vials of re- rating this thing? How many vials of rejuvenation fluid are we giving this thing? 
reanimation fluid? I'll go first. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to personally give this a four. It, it, it would... The one scene does lose it points, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. I might put it at a five or even uh, probably a five, but I'm dropping it down to a four. It's unneeded. It added nothing. It was just wrong. Didn't like it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Thomas here. Um, I'd probably say that without the one scene, it's a six. But you, you grafted on a scene that, that serves no purpose. Uh, you, you grafted on, not only that scene, you grafted on the creepy side of, of Dr. Hill being obsessed with uh, Dean Halsey's daughter for no reason whatsoever. Uh, it, it just adds nothing plot-wise to anything. It's not needed. Uh, and you, you destroyed your own story. Uh, by by grafting uselessness onto it. I kind of, again, I've said this before, but it's the Hemingway theory. Once you're done with your story, you go back and remove every single useless word. Then do it again. Then you're left with the story that you need to tell. Get the useless stuff out of it. And this is has no artistic purpose. Uh, I think if that's not in there, this is a six. It It is an enjoyable, uh, classic 80s gory horror film. And it was, it was, uh, some moments made me laugh. It was cheesy, and it had the elements to being a you know something that was uh, a slightly above average uh, part of that genre. But I do have to take points away for this because it's just it's self sabotage of your own art. That's all it is, and it should be in my mind adjusted for accordingly in the final ranking. So give it a four. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a five. I mean, it's 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 great schlocky, cheesy, gory um, 80s horror. And it is taken from a good story, but uh, the creepiness of Dr. Hill combined with that, that juxtaposition, which might have seemed to Stuart like a good idea, but in the, but otherwise is just it's a very disturbing scene that when I first saw it, it disturbed me and it still does. Um. And that's not me trying to say, okay, trigger warning or anything like that, but just it does take this down quite a few. So Yeah, it's not five. wokeism. Sometimes you watch a film to be disturbed, but not disturbed in that way. And, and Exactly. Just, there are limits. It's not wokeism. It's just it's and, pointless. And we're, not, and we're not saying the guy shouldn't have the right to make it. We're just saying, man, you have a right to make it, but should you? And so, we also have the right not to like it. Exactly. Exactamundo. So, um, with that in mind, what, have you, what do you sickies think? Have you seen this film? If you haven't, would you like to see it? Or are you morbidly curious following our review? You can send it to us on our Discord page, uh, ravinglogicmedia.com, where you'll also find upcoming ZTF episodes. Uh, there should be a Halloween episode coming out a little short. Also, at the end of the month, we should be seeing the return of the Caseatorium, hopefully with a case of the chills and the haunted elevator I'm begging for. Uh, you could also drop us any comments at... Movie set, Bethesda's... RavingLunaticMedia.com, RavingLunaticMedia.com, RavingLunaticMedia.com. Trust me, guys, I had something that was going to be funny there, and I just couldn't figure out how to say it cleanly. Rage Master. What's left for them to do? 
Stay sick, sickies.